I'm so glad to have you here on the Clark Howard Show. You know, our mission is to serve you with advice and information that empowers you to make better financial decisions in your life. And one way you can feel empowered is to let your voice be heard in our weekly Clark Stink segment. That's coming straight ahead. And later this episode, do you have a safety deposit box? Well, let me tell you, they are a hazard with opportunity for your stuff to be stolen. And you need to know why and why they're dangerous. I'm going to tell you later. But right now, it's time to find out where you think my advice was dangerous. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. So what you got today, Krista? Clark doesn't ever stink. I have learned so much. However, Clark made an inaccurate assumption, always dangerous, that someone brought up the recruiting tool HireVue. He said it's probably sent out to all candidates and never looked at. That is simply not true. I am a sales manager for CVS Specialty. The recruiter only sends out a HireVue to those candidates I choose. If a candidate does not bother to perform the quick video, I don't even consider them. If he or she ignores it, then how reliable can the candidate be, Lisa? Lisa, thank you for that. I had somebody chew my ear when I was eating a bagel one day about what I said about higher view. So I stand corrected on that. Clark, when you hear USAA, you immediately say, thank you for your service. Please stop. It's insulting to those that have actually served. Since USAA has opened up its membership to so many far removed from service, i.e. one can qualify if a grandparent served, you have no idea anymore if the caller was or is in fact a service member, Kathy. Kathy, thank you for that. USAA has become more available to the general public. I think as fewer and fewer people in America have chosen to serve in the U.S. military for their very survival, USAA loosened the rules and loosened and loosened and loosened what connection you have to have in order to be a member. Your point is well taken. Come on, man, you stink. I was so grateful that during these high inflation years, you introduced me to I-bonds at Treasury Direct. I bought the 10K maximum and set my calendar to exactly one year to cash them out. But no, I found out that if you don't hold them for five years, you forfeit the last three months of interest. So essentially, the interest rate you locked in is not an annual percentage rate, but one year and three months rate. I love your show, longtime listener, first time Writer, I guess I'll wait three more months, Fred in Minnesota. So Fred, thank you. And um, I explained this recently about how there's actually an advantage to people who bought the 10 grand like you did at the nine point, I think it was six, two percent that for people who did so waiting four months into this period, which we're in now is the moment it would be good to cash those in because the 90 days you're giving up is at a much lower interest rate. And then you can rebuy them at the much more favorable financial formula that's offered today on Series I savings bonds, where you earn the inflation rate plus a spread. When you got the 9.62, it was designed to be a temporary parking space for your money at a rate much higher than you could earn anywhere else in the marketplace. 
but you wanted to hold them to a point where the interest rate being paid for a six-month period got low enough that it was not too much of a sacrifice losing 90 days interest, which is where we are right now. Clark, you stink worse than a fire station after chilly night. Yuck. (laughs) Recently, you discouraged individuals from applying for jobs at large corporations, stating these companies have already identified who they want to hire or promote. You suggested applicants shouldn't waste their time applying unless they have a specific skill set or know someone within the company. While this may be the case in some situations, I can assure you finding qualified applicants for almost any job in the United States right now is very challenging. The demand for qualified applicants far exceeds the number of individuals currently applying. Please don't discourage people who want to work from applying. The worst that can happen is they don't get an interview, but there's always a possibility they might land a fantastic opportunity. Thank you for helping us save more, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off. I truly appreciate your efforts, Jeff in Oregon. Well, that time I talked about the hiring, uh, hire view, and talked about how jobs are only found through connections with someone. Obviously, that hit a hot button with people. I stand corrected also because a guy I know who applied for over 100 jobs and was getting really discouraged, and he was just putting in the the applications like we're talking about, finally landed a really great job doing an application like this. So it's looking for a needle in a haystack, but people are finding that needle in a haystack. So I need to not be so negative on filling out these job applications. Clark, inflation has not gone away. We still have all the inflated prices since 2020, and prices are still going up. Insurance and taxes are just getting up a good head of steam. Incredibly, even though the already absurd new car MSRPs continued to rise, the rate of inflation may be lessening in a few categories, but speaking in terms of inflation is down is simply misleading. Much higher than target inflation continues to add to the already hyperinflated prices. That is the truth of the matter, Lance. Lance, thank you. It's funny, ironically, because I talked earlier this week about how we are in a cycle of disinflation, which means prices are still overall rising, but at a much, much lower rate than they were before. But the price increase is already baked in since 20. And only very few categories are those rolling back. So it is true that we have suffered through a big inflationary binge and it is now kind of baked into the pricing cake. But I would not be as negative as you are where the trends are going from here. And I think we've got a better picture with more price stability moving forward. The hardest area for people, everybody concentrates on food and gasoline. But the hardest area by far of the inflationary cycle is housing costs. And the housing cost thing is only going to be solved when we increase the supply of housing, as we've been seeing now in city after city around the country with apartments. We were well short of apartments. There was a huge push of apartment construction over the last many years. And rents are moderating or declining in many cities around the country. Houses for purchase, we're short millions and millions and millions of houses for purchase. And until we get more inventory production, we're going to continue to have problems on the housing front. 
Clark, your Sam's Club polo shirts are far too big for your frame. The seam falls way down your arm when it should be on your shoulder joint. I started watching your YouTube but was disappointed that you're not taking your wardrobe more seriously. You are your brand. Be proud and get yourself one tailored shirt to wear on the air and look like the pro we all know you are, Tim. Tim, thank you. So uh, I, these are, I don't even know what size these are. Let's see what size is it. It's a large. Large. You think I should be wearing a medium? Probably. Well, also, I have bad posture and my shoulders are rounded, so shirts tend to roll forward on me. But I will see if I'm better suited in a medium shirt instead of a large. And sorry, my wardrobe has been a distraction. Well, you just need to be comfortable. That's really what matters. Now that you're healthy. I don't think so. I mean, okay. you know, YouTube shows, I mean, it's a video medium. It's a visual medium. And people need to be pleased with what they're looking at. <laughs> and uh, he's obviously not pleased with how I'm looking. Now that your health problems are even worse, have you started taking Social Security and not waiting until age 70? Or are you still basing this decision on hopes and wishes instead of facts and evidence? Harry. Harry, thank you. So the good news is my heart suffered no damage from my failed valve. The valve's replaced and my daily health numbers are the highest they've been. Like, it's just fantastic. I'm doing much better. So what's my strategy for waiting till age 70? I still work, have many different jobs. So I have the income. And even if I don't live till age 83, which is the break-even point of waiting till age 70, my wife benefits enormously based on receiving Social Security based on a higher amount from me. So my Social Security strategy is based not on my life. It's based on my wife's lifespan. And that's why even if I were not to live long enough to make the wait till 70 strategy work, I'm going to wait till 70 to be a benefit to her after I'm gone. Hi, Clark. You're just mildly smelly on this one, like old cat food. Does old cat food smell bad? I've yes. never had a cat. Oh, I have two of them. When talking to a <laughs> listener about the most economical way to keep an eye on their rental house, I would also recommend hunting cameras that are tied to a cell network. You can get a good one with a $5 a month plan. There are even some that are free for a small number of photos per month, but I like these for this application. Also, it's easy to move around if you need it somewhere else. Andrew. Andrew, your suggestion is a very smart one. And I know a lot of people with rental property use the hunting cameras. They have really decent night vision available. You get a good survey of the outside of the property as well. And the costs are amazingly low to buy these cameras and to operate them. I like your content right up to your support of electric vehicles. The horrible child labor and slave conditions mining the lithium for your EV battery is disgraceful at best. The EV isn't the savior you're being sold. If you do your research in what it takes to produce an EV, I doubt you'd be as pro EV as you are. I've followed your content well over 10 years, but on the EV, you, sir, stink. Have a great day. Wesley. Wesley, thank you. The good news is that lithium is becoming less and less important in the production of electric vehicle batteries. 
and batteries for storage of all different kinds for all different kinds of industries, you know, fixed place storage. Obviously, there's been abuses of labor involved with the mining of lithium. And that's why it's so good that the need for lithium for battery production of all kinds is going steadily downward to the point that eventually I hope it will become essentially irrelevant. I think Clark's a little ripe because of how often he uses the phrase customer no service. (laughs) It sets up a bias right away for people to already have a chip on their shoulder and be ready to battle whatever poor customer service employee comes on the line. Hasn't he ever heard of trying a little honey before pouring salt all over the customer service employees? Maybe I've been lucky, but several times this year, the customer service employees at our large health insurer have helped me with ridiculous billing issues coming from medical providers. Everything from sending charges half a year later to not filing claims correctly to actually sending our dependent in-college child's bill to collections when they never billed us in the first place. The customer service line handled professionally and patiently, and they saved me a lot of money. I want to encourage listeners to not have Clark's attitude about customer, quote, no service. I found a pleasant tone of voice, patience, and good manners have turned customer service employees into advocates in the best ways. Lastly, please encourage anyone who has health insurance to never pay a bill from their medical provider unless it has first gone through insurance claims. I'm finding a lot of providers are billing without sending to insurance in the hopes they'll get any money. I don't know if this is calculated or just sloppy, but it's definitely a trend. Suzanne. Suzanne, thank you for all the sentiments you expressed. Customer no service. That's an expression I've used for 25, more than that, 30 years. Yeah. And it's not directed at the person you're getting on the phone or on a chat. It is the culture in companies where they don't value the customer relationship and how they provide service when something's wrong. People don't call or contact customer service when everything's great and it's sunshiny and the birds are chirping and the flowers are blooming and all that. No, people contact customer service when something's gone wrong and in order to preserve a good relationship with that customer, serve them well. Often, Customer service workers aren't given the authority to solve problems. And what you said at the top, 100% true. You always do better with honey than with vinegar. It's true. You are talking with a fellow human being. Treat them with kindness. They didn't cause the problem, and they're the possible solution. What you said about medicine and the advanced billing, what's happening is a lot of medical practices have gone into bankruptcy over the last couple of years because the insurance companies are slow walking reimbursements. And so medical providers are now being very aggressive about billing the customer, the patient, because of the slow walks coming from the health insurers. That's why the bills are coming stacked to you before they've gone through insurance. The reality is you want to wait for insurance to do its thing so you don't overpay based on an estimate, and then later you're trying to fight to get your own money back. I want to thank all of you, and I love the variety, and I really appreciate you shaking me out of my preset thoughts, which is something you do every week with Clark Stinks. Coming up ahead... 
I want to tell you why safety deposit boxes stink. It's an ugly problem out there. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back during the banking scandals that really opened up in 07 and led to the failure of so many banks in the United States, runs on banks and all the rest, all the different federal bailouts, the TARP, if you remember TARP, was that troubled asset, something, something, whatever, that the federal government was having to invent ways to prevent a nationwide run on every bank in the country. And they bailed out banks of all different sizes, except for smaller ones, where the Fed said, oh, too bad, let them go bust, but we're going to save the big banks. And they did all these shotgun mergers on Saturday nights, week after week after week. I mean, it was a mess. But do you know there was an after effect of this that we got complaint after complaint after complaint after complaint with? A bank would fail, branches would close, all that. And people who had trusted that bank with key family papers and assets in safe deposit boxes, the stuff vanished along with the failure of a bank or the branch. And the acquiring banks, were careless and callous about it. And so I talked about why back then, starting, gosh, 17 years ago, why to not use safe deposit boxes at banks? Because they don't care and they don't manage them well. So then I had two things happen on the same day. So the first was I read a story in the U.S. Sun about how someone went to a Chase Bank branch to get stuff out of their safe deposit box. And they go in there and they put in their key and the bank person puts in their key and they open and the box is empty. Their stuff was gone. This was a branch that hadn't moved or anything. It was the same one. And so they sued Chase and they lost. The judge said, nope, nope, nope. You have no proof you had anything in there. And then they see a news story about their state having a sale of unclaimed property And they're showing this necklace that is the same necklace that had disappeared from the safe deposit box because Chase had turned the stuff over as unclaimed to the state. It was being sold by the state. Yeah, that's how careless the banks are with stuff in safe deposit boxes. What we did back in 2008 was I bought a Mac Daddy ultra heavy fire safe that took three big, strong men to bring in and put in place. And that's where we put our stuff. 
because I realized we could no longer trust the banks with our possessions in the safe deposit box. So what's the second thing that happened? That same day, I read the story from the U.S. Sun. Okay, this is funny. So my wife and I are driving down the street, and we're talking about this area with these two decrepit shopping centers, and there's this long abandoned building that has no windows, and it's just a building. They sell space on it for murals, advertising murals. And there'll be ad campaigns for different consumer products. Recently, it was for a line of like snack chips. And she said, what is that place anyway? I said, well, when all the banks were failing and people were losing access and losing their stuff in safe deposit boxes, these people had this idea, these entrepreneurs, and they built this place for people to store their stuff that they could trust. And it didn't make it two years and went bust. <laughs> so this is a case where you can trust me, myself, and I. And by the way, people in the banking business who feel like I'm unduly harshing on the banks about the safe deposit box stuff. I mean, this is the Clark Stinks day. You should go to <laughs> clark.com slash Clark Stinks and set the record straight. Okay, we'll go to questions. Jennifer in Illinois says, we have a daughter that turned 16 in January. She is not in driver's education and does not have a permit or license. Our insurance company told us that we need to have her listed on our auto insurance anyway as a member of the household for an additional $119 for six months as an what? excluded driver. They stated that if there was an accident, even a passenger in one of our vehicles, that they would not cover medical expenses without this. Do we have to have her listed under our policy just because she lives in our house? All right. So I've had every kind of question I could think of that would ever exist with auto insurance. And I've never, ever, ever heard anything as ridiculous as this. First of all, to call her an excluded driver when she's not a driver, such a large percent of teenagers are not getting driver's licenses today. And, and I think it's a third of 18-year-olds no longer are licensed drivers in the country. So this sounds crazy. You're in the state of Illinois. I want you to call the Illinois Department of Insurance and find out if this is an allowed charge in the state of Illinois. If it is, this may be a signal to you that you need to reshop your auto insurance because I have never ever heard of a charge when a family decides or a teen decides not to become a licensed driver, not even with a learner's permit. That's obscene to charge $238 a year Gosh. for nothing. <laughs> Christina in Wyoming says, I thought Apple was supposed to change their settings to allow pictures and videos to be clear and not blurry when sending to an Android Android phone by the end of January. I'm so ready to have clear pictures and videos. So I don't remember it specifically being a hard end of January day. Yeah, I looked. I didn't see it in the news articles. Um, all Apple has said is they're going to do it early this year. And any day, hopefully, Apple will do this. Apple's facing a lot of antitrust cases around the world. This is one area that they've had a lot of heat. And so Apple purposely, for no reason other than marketing reasons, degrades communications going back and forth from iPhone to Android. You know, Tim Cook said when asked about this by someone at a meeting presentation, I guess it was an annual meeting, said, well, just tell them to get an iPhone. 
I think it was get your grandmother an iPhone or something. I thought it was like their that. kid. Was, was it a, a grandmother? Kid? Oh, no, I mean, it, it yeah. was such the height of arrogance. It's something that needs to be fixed. It's inexcusable. It's just trying to use raw market force to gain market share. And as an Android user in a family that is all Apple, we use WhatsApp and that eliminates the problem. So it just is so, a fix for now. So this is funny about Chris and me. Both of us are the only people in our family units that are not on iPhone. And I'm not joining the collective. I'm sorry. Jim in Georgia says, my wife and I plan to drive from Georgia to Oregon in April. I don't think we can plan ahead for lodging because of not knowing how far we can drive each day. What would be our best option in getting good rates at medium priced motels? All right. Great, great question. All right. So I use the app Hotel Tonight and Priceline. And what I do is when I'm starting to feel like, you know what, it would be great if I stopped in the next couple of hours, not when I'm already exhausted. Next rest area I come to or next time I'm stopping to charge my car or whatever, I look at hotels down the interstate I'm traveling. And last time this happened, I ended up driving an extra 36 miles because there were a cluster of hotels that were much cheaper than where I had initially looked. But Hotel Tonight specializes in hotels dumping unsold inventory, typically loading them early afternoon when it looks like they're going to have vacant rooms, and they'll dump rooms. And then I always love checking Priceline as well. And so once I've hit that zone that stopping somewhere in that next 90 minutes is what I should do, and I check those clusters. You noticed how on the interstate system all over the country, you'll go for a while and there's no hotels, no hotels, no hotels. And then suddenly there will be an exit with neon everywhere, with fast food restaurants, gas stations, and up to a dozen hotels. It's a clustering phenomenon that actually works for everybody when they do that. And so you just got to find the right cluster with the right hotels. I also... Uh, when I'm on a road trip, I try to stick to three stars or higher with approval rates that are at the higher end. If it's out of five, four out of five. And if it's out of 10, eight out of 10 or higher. Because after you've been tired and you've been on the road, you don't want to blow your money staying in a place that you don't feel safe. So I thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful weekend. Know what we're about, that you learn ways to save more, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off.